0: Jesus name, I'm honored to be standing here on this incredible platform behind this uh, pulpit that is absolutely, uh, for lack of better terms, soaking wet of just incredible word, incredible message. Um, we, have, we have, I don't know if you guys know this, but we are blessed with the absolute best Bible teacher uh, yes outside of just the United Pentecostal Church, but just in the world. And um, he has, he and his wife have uh, impacted my life and my family's life uh, incredibly. They are my spiritual parents. Uh, I call them Pop sometimes, and I call uh, Sister Hoffman Mom, and, uh, and that makes a lot more sense now than it ever has. But uh, I'm grateful. I'm so thankful for them. Thankful for our incredible pastoral team that's here. Uh, If you're thankful for your leaders, why don't you give them a a great hand? So thankful. And just a quick shout out. I know I did this at the first service, but uh, I like to give honor where honor is due. And um, man, this church is incredibly blessed, um, not only with Pastor and Sister Hoffman, but an incredible executive pastor named Michael T. Netto and his wonderful wife, Bridget. We are so, yes, 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 yes. I'm telling you guys, uh, like he said, we work together every day. We probably speak at least once a day. And uh, he vouches for me, but I can vouch for him. There's nobody that deals with more um, issues and nobody that gets a whole bunch of everything uh, at one time more than Michael T. Netto. And uh, but God knew what he was doing because this place has grown exponentially because of this man's ministry. And so we're just grateful for you. We love you. And um, so uh, and the last thing that I'll say in terms of shout outs, you know, uh, is my wonderful family. Uh, My wife, uh, she is a she's just she's just I mean, she's just out of my league, man. You know, Um, my son and my daughter, I'm grateful for them. She birthed them. Grateful for my in-laws, Tina and Glenn. Uh, they are just incredible. I'm just telling you, man. Um, be thankful for your family. Be thankful for your family. Be thankful for the church, because uh, you just don't know where you'd be without them. Uh, why don't we stand for the reading of the word? I've just got one scripture. Uh, we make fun of all the preachers that preach long in our, on our Monday night meetings, so I intend my best to not be made fun of tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> but we'll see, uh, first service didn't go as I as long as, or as short as I wanted it to go. So let's get to it. Uh, Matthew chapter 19 verse 26, but Jesus beheld them and said unto them with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible with the help of the Lord. Uh, I want to talk to you guys simply on its subject entitled touching bottom. Uh, touching bottom look at your neighbor say touching bottom Let's pray Lord, I thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this time Pray God that you lead us and guide us uh, Whatever happens here today God I pray Lord that you be glorified that you be lifted up and above all else God that that you will Continually be praised throughout this day in Jesus name. We pray everybody said amen, amen. You may be seated now, I know I got some people in the room that laughed at that title, so y'all just got to get used to it, okay? Touch and bottom. We're not talking about anything, and I'll explain it, all right? Um, so I wanted to... I don't know if we've met before, if you, this is your first time here, or if you're watching online, this is the first time. Uh, my name is Draylon Young. I'm, I'm privileged to serve as the worship pastor here at the greatest church in the entire world. And um, it's just... You hear them. They're already great. So um, I'm originally from Dallas, Texas. I grew up uh, in a very kind of shattered, um, broken home sort of deal. And, uh, you know, never really knew who my father was. Uh, My mother struggled all of her life with different addictions, with heroin, cocaine and um, alcohol, just different things. And uh, but luckily she was. uh, She did repent and she did get baptized in jesus name and i did watch her getting filled with the holy ghost and uh, she has gone off and i pray that she's with the lord right now and uh so we're just just thankful for that that god got to her um by that time so but when i was about 10 or 12 years old i was adopted into the house of my grandfather and my uncle and uh right before i moved in and i'm just kind of brushing over this a little quickly because I i don't know if everybody knows uh, who I am I just kind of want to get to know you a little bit okay um, right before I got into that house my uncle had an encounter with God by himself on his back porch praying to God and uh, he was infilled with the Holy Ghost praying by himself and uh, that was a few maybe I don't even know maybe a, f- a month or so or whatever uh, before I had moved in with them and uh, so that's when we started going to church and we started to Uh, Be that weird, you know, that weird feeling that you have when you walk into a church full of people that are uh, saved and people are you come into an atmosphere like this where people are worshipful and and you're like, man, I I, want to be able to express myself and worship the way that they do. And uh, just walking through that, um, you know, I I, I was just so blessed to be able to be with uh, who I was with. And the Bible says that uh, God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. And um, I I think it's no accident that I was adopted by my grandfather and my uncle. And my grandfather's name is Richard Young Jr. And my uncle's name is Richard Young III. And so I always just kind of say, you know, God always knew what I needed because he gave me my two riches in glory. And uh, so if y'all are listening, I love you guys. I'm so grateful for you. Um, Later on my journey, I kind of started, you know, following after Jesus, just like anybody else and being a part of the church and uh, walking with his people. When I was about 17, I graduated high school from the church school. Um, I had made the decision that I wanted to go to the church school just because the uh, public school system was really, really getting to me at the time. And uh, I had asked my parents if it was cool if we'd go to the church uh, for, 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 for their school that they had. And uh, it was a really great blessing to my life and uh, protected me quite, quite, quite like a lot, you know. Um, and so I'm thankful for that. Um, so I had to ride the train and bus to get there. It was kind of a long process, but uh, nonetheless, we got through it. And uh, after I graduated high school, I uh, went off to Bible College in Indiana Bible College. We got any, any IBC alumni in the house? We got some. We got a few in here. We got a few. As you can tell, the Bible college are not as highly attended as your normal universities. Whenever you say, oh, where's the, you know, the people that went to school is like three or four people in a room of like 400, you know. Um, But but that's the place I went off to learn, uh, learn about the word of God, learn about um, ministry and and music and um, so many different things. It's a huge part. And it's also where I met my wife and so many friends and uh, people that have just been a part of my life and changed my life. And um, so when I graduated from Bible college, I was asked to come here at First Church to see if it would be a good fit for my future. And I'm so glad that I was invited to um, to be placed here. And uh, it's, this place has changed my life forever. It really has. Uh, it's given me an incredible church home, uh, incredible family, and as well as for my, for my family and for my kids. And, um, you know, just ultimately a place where I could really spread my wings and Uh, do the thing that I felt like God always wanted me to do, and uh, that's to inspire and to equip uh, and release the sound of worship through uh, so many people, and uh, I'm blessed to do that every single week here. Um, I get to go across the country, and uh, I get to go everywhere and, you know, different places throughout the U.S. to help other teams and worship teams, and, um, you know, me and my wife, we write music and travel, and uh, we get, you know, so many people that write us on, you know, Instagram or Facebook or whatever text messages. I got one yesterday of um, of my friend. He's a pastor. I went to IBC with him. He's a pastor in Atlanta. And he sent me a video of, you know, they had like a worship concert at their at his church. And it was just some random you know, Spanish group that came and they were singing. Give me Jesus, you know, in Spanish. You know, I can't tell you how many times, now that's not my song, but that's a song that I've sang on, but I can't tell you how many times, so many times I get, you know, a video or some type type of testimony of how the music that God has given me to, you know, touch uh, throughout the entire world. And so many people just flood um, social media with, with so many testimonies. And I'm just so grateful, and I can't tell you what that means to just some young boy from Dallas that, you know, thought that his future had no future, you know? Um, And so that's just, that's, so that's basically who I am. That's what I'm about. And, um, but along the way I had, I had a, along the way of, of this journey that I'm still on, uh, I think we're all still on that journey, um, is learning how to truly worship God. Um, you know, John chapter four, verse 24 says, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. And I've learned, you know, the Bible does not declare that you have to be saved in order to praise God. You don't have to, you know, understand everything in order to give God a praise or to thank him for something. Uh, the Bible says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good because his mercy endureth forever. Uh, it says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. Those things don't say that there are... Uh, stipulations or hoops to jump through in order to do those things and so uh, I think I love the freedom that we have at this church to do that Um, but when you start talking about worship that's completely different you know that's 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 something that's another level of intimacy with the Lord and because worship is a lifestyle uh, it's how you live your life it's not a moment it's a it's a life um, and it's the outflow of a life or an overflow of your life. Uh, whatever it is that you worship is going to come out. And, um, you know, that's just that's just something that that, that I want to become better at as that's a, that's a never ending journey for me is just finding out more and more ways to worship the Lord. And uh, so today I want to I'm, I'm very practical when it comes to this type of stuff. I want to give you something. I want to give you some information. I want to give you uh, application because um, I truly believe inspiration with uh, information uh, without application leads to frustration. Uh, I just I just believe that. So uh, I want you to write these things down if you can. There are things that I've learned um, that have turned things around for me spiritually when I embrace these four principles. They've changed my life, um, and it's so funny that it, that they match with the plan of salvation just randomly. I didn't even think about it until just now, but uh, number one, everybody say, believe. believe this is such an important topic because this is the beginning of Christianity as a whole. There are two words here, obedience and submission. You will not be successful in following Christ. If you don't first believe in the word of God, And your obedience and submission is always in direct proportion of who and what you say you believe. I'm going to say that one more time. Your obedience and submission is always in direct proportion of who and what you say that you believe. I'm going to give you some scriptures. Uh, Hebrews 13 and 17 says, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls and they uh, that, must keep, that, that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief. Uh, I like the amplified version. You're going to hear a lot of amplified version today because it's just amplified. You know, uh, <laughs> I like what it says. It says, uh, obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, uh, recognizing their authority over you, for they are keeping watch over your souls and continually guarding your spiritual welfare as those who will give an account of their stewardship of you. Let them do this with joy and not with grief and groans, for this would be of no benefit to you. Uh, My uncle would say to me all the time, he didn't call me Draylon, he called me Dre. And uh, he would say, Dre, when what you do affects me, then it becomes my business. And uh, what he was saying in that was, when what you're doing, like you can go do your own thing, you can do whatever it is that you feel like you're supposed to do, whatever. But the moment that I have to inconvenience myself, or I have to be worried, or I have to, uh, you know, come pick you up, or I have to come drop you off, or whatever, uh, then I have a right to say something, and and I can't help but to use that in in the church context. You know, Pastor Hoffman, you know, Pastor Kinto, Pastor Mike. You know, they have a place in our lives as, as spiritual leaders, you know, because what you do does affect them. What you do does affect pastor. Um, he has to give an account for you at one day in his life. He's going to stand before God and say, no, I preached the gospel to this person. I did the best that I could. I tried to teach them. And so what we do does affect our leadership. So we want to be submitted to them. And I'm telling you, there's a difference between being obedient and submit it. There's a complete difference. If my son, who I love so much, and he is learning how to listen to me, uh, that process is not as great as, you know, I'm sure all the parents in the house can say amen. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it's just like a switch that I'm just hoping just goes off at some point where he's like, oh, I heard what you said. Um, But if I ask him to do something Um, he's more than likely going to do it because he's being obedient to me. Uh, You know, I have quote unquote rule over him. You know, I am his parent. It's the one thing that he got that he didn't ask for was a mom and dad when he was born. You know, everybody gets one. Um, But when he turns 20 or 22 or 25 and man, I'm thinking about that. That's just crazy right now, you know, but um, when he gets older, I'm going to hope that he would be submitted to 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 my in, uh, I would have influence with him to the point where if he's asking questions or wondering something or figuring out how to, you know, make this decision or who he's going to marry or who he's going to where he's going to go to school or where he, you know how he's going to do his job or whatever. I would I would really hope and pray that I have, you know, displayed something to him in order for him to want to be submitted to me and ask me my opinion about something and it's because I want him to feel like he can't make those decisions without some type of wise counsel and 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 that, and that type of mindset is completely different than just doing what somebody says because they tell you you know it's it's no I want to know what you think I want to know how you think about this and it matters to me what you say you know um, you know, Titus three and one says, "Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates." I'm going to read the Amplified. Remind people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready and willing to do good. Uh, Romans eight five through seven uh, says, "For those who are all who who all living according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh, which gratify the body, but those who are." Uh, living according to the spirit, set their minds on the things of the spirit, his will and purpose. Now the mind of the flesh is death, but both now and forever because it pursues sin. But the mind of the spirit is life and peace. The spiritual spiritual well-being that comes from walking with God and both now and forever, the mind of the flesh with its sinful pursuits is actively hostile to God. It does not submit itself to God's law, since it cannot. And those who are in the flesh living in life that caters to sinful appetites and impulses cannot please God. Uh, Sometimes you don't need to preach. Sometimes you just need to read the Bible. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, So that's number one. Number one is believe. Everybody say believe. We need my life changed when I finally had somebody in my life that could tell me no. My life changed when I finally gave in to the idea that I'm not the smartest guy in the room, that I don't have this stuff figured out, and it's probably better. And this is another thing that I didn't say in the last service. Sorry, last service, if you're watching. The best in the entire world have a coach. I'm a basketball fan. I'm a football fan. LeBron James, at some point within his career, probably even now, or Kevin Durant or whoever it is that you want to say – would be like the best player in the, in the world. You know, like at some point, LeBron James was like the best player in the entire world where he could probably play one-on-one with everybody and win against everybody. But he has a coach. He has somebody in his life that wakes him up and says, Hey, it's time to go work out. It's time to go. It's time to hit weights. It's time to eat. Don't eat this, eat that. Don't do this, do that. And this, propels him to continue to be the best because why he submitted himself even the best submit themselves and so who are we to ever think that we don't need somebody to tell us no or man you should stay away from this or man you should do this i'm just i'm just telling you if you don't have a spiritual uh, accountability with a leader from this church you need to get it yesterday okay just trust me all right and the church said "Amen." amen all right praise god Number two is you must leave your toxic environments behind. You must leave your toxic environments behind. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God to present your bodies, de- uh, dedicating all of yourselves set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes uh, so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. Um, I'll read some more Uh, let's see Philippians 3 and 13 brothers and sisters I do not consider that I have made it my own yet but one thing I do forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead I press on toward the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus I remember the first time that you know, that I, that, that, that I felt like God was like taking things from me. You know, uh, if, has anyone ever had that moment where you're, you do something or you live in life or you you know, you watch something, you listen to something or you go certain places, you hang out with certain people and then you just feel like, man, like I just feel like I'm not supposed to be here or I feel like I'm not supposed to be doing this. Anybody? Not just me. All right, great. Yeah. That should be everybody's hand. Thank you. Everybody's hands, left, right, foot, other, everything, right? Um, I can't tell you the feeling of fear that I had as a musician. Okay, I kind of like music. I don't know if anybody knows that or not, but like, like I think it's really cool. I think it's great. Uh, You know, one of the cool things about music is that you know it wasn't made here; it was made in heaven. Uh, It is a gift to us. Uh, That's why it's so universal that you have people from different different countries that can sing in English, but they can't like speak English, because music is a universal language that everybody can feel. Another thing that music does is it's nostalgic. Have you ever heard an old song that you used to listen to or it comes on where you're at a restaurant or something like that and you're like, man, like it just takes you back to your room listening to the song or it takes you back to a smell of, you know, how your, your, your mom or your grandma's cooking was or it takes you back to, you know, us in church, like, you know, we hear a song. Uh, that was played at church years ago, and it's like, man, that's the song that was playing when I got the Holy Ghost, or that's the song that would play whenever we would, you know, listen to prayer. You know, I think years down the road, uh, I think it's going to be really cool whenever our young people get older, and they're going to remember songs that are on the playlist of our, you know, prayer time. Like, man, I remember walking around the church and, you know, just just being around with my friends and praying. Music has that ability to f- make you feel like you're back in that moment that you were. And uh, so not only is it so powerful and great on that end, but it's also powerful and great on the other end where it could cause you to do stuff that you never thought that you would ever do. Or it'll cause or it'll cause you to say things that you never thought that you would say and it would take you to a place you never thought that you would ever go. And um, I remember God prick in my heart as a young musician, as a young person that loved to sing. And I listened to everything, man. I listened to hip hop. I listened to r and B, I I listened to rock. I listened to all this stuff. And then I started listening to Christian music finally, you know? Uh, and there was just this feeling and I'll, I'll just, like share this moment. You remember those old iPod, uh, there was like, iPod, sh- it wasn't a shuffle, but it was like a, a mini nano iPod or whatever, and you could, sh- you, could, you could shake it and it would shuffle all of your songs and it just start all the way from the beginning. Can I tell you, that's a really scary thing to go to a youth prayer meeting and somebody's iPod is plugged up and it falls off and it goes, blah, blah, blah. and then it starts off with a song that's probably not like fitting for the moment. Uh, I, I have the title in my head. It would be so terrible for me to even say the title of that person's iPod that the song that happened. And everybody's praying. Like this is like a prayer meeting. You guys know how it is on Monday nights. Like if something came on, you'd be like, we're like the spirit is gone. Like nobody's praying anymore. Everybody's worried about that person's salvation for the rest of their life. But I just That's my mental model of having all of these mixtures of so many different things And I felt God pulling on my heart and saying will you give this up for me? You know will you give this up for me? And 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 at the time it was really hard and I'll never forget we watched this video called truth behind hip-hop and Y'all I'm telling y'all I ain't never been scared in my life about spiritual stuff until I watched that Okay we watched that, because especially if you're listening to the music, you know, you listen to that, and then he's breaking everything down of, like, how this is actually worshiping Satan, how this is actually lifting up, you know, and I was like, yo, I couldn't sleep, like, I'm serious, I thought a spirit was going to come get me, like, every night, I'm serious, but I think it was healthy, it really, really, you know, it pushed me, and it, and it grabbed me, you know, the 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 fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, you know, the Bible talks about. Um, and I'll just never forget those moments because God had something for me and he wanted me to leave behind those toxic things. And, um, you know, I read a couple of more scriptures, James 126. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridle, not his tongue, but deceiveth, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this: to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep Himself unspotted from the world. And uh, I just, man, the Word of God is just strong. You know, it's it's strong, and it's exactly what we need in this moment. Is everybody doing all right? I'm, I know I'm, I'm, I know I'm hitting on you a little bit. It's a little early. All right. Number three, that was number two. Number two was leave. Number one was believe. Number two was leave. And number three is cleave to God and the church. First um, Corinthians 6, 19, 20 says what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, Um, which means that it it belongs to God. Psalms 51 and 10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Uh, Psalms 51, 17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken heart, or a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou will not despise. Um, And finally, Mark 9, 28 through 29. And when he was come into the house talking about Jesus, this is when they were trying to, you know, cast out the demon and they couldn't do it. And uh, we've heard pastor preach about this so many times. Uh, It says his disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. And we all know that there are just some things that are left on the table that are just not accessible to us as men and women of God unless we're willing to pray and to fast, unless we're willing to do something that we don't really want to do, and something that we are naturally able to do. We just had our baby girl, uh, you know, six weeks ago, and the first thing that she knew how to do was eat. You Yeah, know I mean, like, we didn't teach her, we didn't, like, say, all right, babe, you know, like, we just come out knowing how to do that, you know? And, and that's just something so powerful when you, Something that's just normal within you, and you choose not to do it for something that's greater. And uh, I want to help somebody here today. Um, I remember the first time I fasted and prayed together in the same day. And I just want to take a little pause right here that lets you know that I know we do the first three, and I know we do, uh, you know, different fastings. I know people have their day that they do. I know every, you know, I, I normally try to do Wednesdays, try to fast one day a week. But if you're not praying and reading the Bible while you're fasting, you're just starving yourself. Okay? Like, I'm just, I'm just here to let you know. All right? My name's Draylon. I'm your friend. I love you. But you're just, you're, don't, if, don't, don't, don't do that. Okay? If you're going to fast, read the word of God. Have a time with God so that you can be spiritually fed at the same time of you denying your flesh. Uh, But I remember the first time that I ever fasted and prayed at the same time. And it changed my life. Um, I mean, it was like, I think I was 15 or 16 years old. I was going to the church school at that time. And one of my leaders uh, told me, he said, man, you know, you got to make sure you're praying, make sure you're fasting. I said, fasting, what is that? He said, well, that's when, you know, you deny your flesh and, you know, you don't eat and, uh, you know, you pray and, and have a time with God. And he said, it's a, it's a very spiritual thing to do to get closer to God. And so us as a youth group, we started doing it. You know, it, it was the youth group that was at the school. So it was probably about, I'd say maybe 15 or 20 of us in a class for the high school. And, uh, you know, we made the decision that, hey, we're going to fast on this Wednesday. We're going to come together and go to the chapel and pray together as a, you know, as a school. And um, man, I mean, just to think, you know, high school kids, just getting after the presence of God and on their lunch break, not eating and going together to pray. I can't tell you what that did for that group, you know? Um, But that night, we would fast all the way through the night through the service and then we'd all go to Chili's after every single service. We always went to Chili's, there's no question. Like, we're not going to Applebee's, we're not going to, you know, on the border. I don't even know if they have on the border out here. But there's no question Chili's is the way, even though I hate Chili's. I love Chili's, I'm just joking um but we we fasted all the way through that service and at that service I'll never forget this my friend George he was preaching and George is a great preacher he preached and the power of God was just in the just just how we felt it earlier today I mean it was just it's he was in the room and I just felt this burning sensation inside of me the whole time. Like I felt like the best way I could explain it is like a boiling pot full of water that was just gonna like just erupt like it was just and I just I, like we were sitting there praying and I, and I just felt it stirring, stirring, stirring And and that was the first time that God had ever used me in the spiritual gift that I had no idea, no context for nothing. Nobody ever taught me or said anything about this. It was just something that God planted in me uh, of the gift of tongues and interpretation and being used and operating in the gifts. And I'm 15, 16 years old. There's nobody in my family that like, you know, kind of rehearsed me for that or letting me know like it was just God, you know. And and I'll never forget that that came from me praying and fasting And that came from just that one time. And I felt like that was just that one time that God was trying to tell me, if you cleave closer to me, if you just forget about everything else and come closer to me, I have things for you that you can't get anywhere else. And I know that if he can do it for me, I know he can do it for you. I know he wants to do it for you. So finally, the last one is receive. Everybody say receive. receive. And we're gonna talk about walking in your calling and, and the authority that God has given you. First Peter 2 and 9 says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, an holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We're not living our lives for ourselves, we're living for him. First Timothy 2 and 8 says, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting everywhere, every place that we go, no matter where we are, we are representing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He has done something in our lives and we have to show the world that he's done something. They have to see something. If you know, if, I need to be able to see fruits in your life. People need to be able to see fruits in your life. You know, we're not going to judge your heart. I don't know what God is saying to your heart. I can't say that, whatever. I don't even know if you're obeying it. We don't know, right? But what we do know is, is what, are the, what are the fruits that you're that you're producing? When people are around you, are they excited? You know, do they feel like, oh my goodness, like I don't want to be around this person at all because they're negative, they talk bad, they do this, they do that. What are the fruits that are in your life? If you're telling me that you're a cherry tree, but all I see is apples, like, we got a problem. you know there, <laughs> there is a There is a discrepancy, you know um, So I, I'm saying all that to say, you know, we have to know who we're here for and what we're doing. Uh, we can't just come to church and just, you know, just 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 be here, you know, just to be here. And I don't think anybody else in this room ever wants to just come to church just to come to church. I think we're here for a reason. Um, Ephesians 4 and 1 says, So I, the prisoner of the Lord, appeal to you to live a life worthy of the calling that which ye have been called. That is to live a life that exhibits godly, uh, godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior. A life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation Uh, man these words are just coming off the page for me Um, so nonetheless there should be a sound and there should be a look of the people of God and I'm gonna show you something just real quick so I don't know if they can see me can you guys see me we're good okay so does everybody, that I think, I'm going to show you basically the progression of what it looks like when you start coming to church and when you start following after God. And then I'm going to tell you the tendency that happens that if we're not careful, we can stay exactly where we are. This is how we start. We're just a little, you know, a short water bottle. I know I got tall people in here. At the last service we had Brother Dave, and you know, he's very tall. He probably wanted to be a very tall water bottle, but I'm sorry, we're all the short water bottle right now. Um, We come into church. There's nothing inside of us, right? We're just we've made the decision that we're going to be inside, though. We've made the decision. And this is what we do. We sit right here. This is the water. And this is exactly where we are when we first come in, when we first you know, make that decision to just jump in. You know, we may not have much inside of us, we may not have much knowledge or understanding of stuff, but we hop in and we make the decision. Hopefully, we make the decision. Some of us are outside of this right now and we have yet to make the decision that we're gonna be a part of this, okay? I, I, I wanna implore you, please, don't be afraid to decide. Okay? Don't be afraid to make the decision because you might be afraid that you're gonna fail. It's better to fail decided than it is to fail undecided. It just is. I'm just I'm telling you. It's way better that when you fall, that you fall in here than you fall out there. Okay? So this is how we start. There's nothing in here, but we're in there. Okay. We're in there. We're in here, but there's nothing inside of us. And then after a little while, we start getting something in us. Okay. We start getting some word. We start coming to church. We start tithing. We even get the Holy ghost, maybe get baptized. Uh, you know, these are just, these are just acts of obedience to the word of God. Right? So then when we're here now, we're in a little bit deeper than we were before. Right? Right now, we're just floating on the top. Now, we've got a little bit of base inside of here. Now, we're going a little bit deeper. But do you see how much more space there is between the bottom and where we are? Even Even if you get a little bit more in you, even when you get a little bit more, you're still... At the top floating now you're in there and it's in you. You got the spirit in you you're, mo- you're You're in the church. You're serving But this is the place where if we're not careful We can become satisfied We can become so satisfied with where we are and what we have and how and our gifting and our abilities Now, let me tell you this. This is like the rich young ruler. Everybody remember the rich young ruler if you don't know it, It's matthew 19 uh, 16 through 26. Okay. You know, guy comes up, says, Hey, I want to, I want to follow you. I want to, you know, have eternal life. I want all the cool things about being a Christian, you know? Um, what do I do? Okay. Well, you need to, you know, obey all the commandments. Okay. What are the commandments? I've done all those things since I was a kid. What do I lack? He said, okay, if you want to be perfect, Jesus said this, if you want to be perfect, which meaning if you want to start going after Per chasing perfection with me sell everything you have and give it to the poor and then come follow me so then he was like uh i don't know you know uh the bible says he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions but it doesn't say that he came back you know so this is like the rich young ruler this right here this is like samson you guys remember samson in the bible Samson, super strong guy. You know, the Bible says the spirit of the Lord would move upon him and it would cause him to be able to do these things and kill all these Philistines. But he was doing all those things. Yes, strong, great, powerful. But at the same time, he was living outside of the covenant. He was living outside of the vow that he that he had over his life. You know, that that story where he kills a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey that was an unclean animal. He wasn't supposed to touch that animal. There's if you read the story, it's in Judges. If you read the story of Samson, there are so many things. Like I'm like, listen, bro, like what you doing? Come on, man. Like, come c- come on, bro. Like you doing he he was doing stuff using his power to get ahead on other people. He killed people when they found out like a riddle that he said he he like lost a bet, basically, and like used his power to kill them. Like okay so as crazy as that sounds that happens all the time just in a different way this is us being filled the holy ghost coming to church doing the bare minimum and we're in here just enough so that nobody can see us nobody can say anything nobody can tell that i'm not really that there's that much space there and then you got cornelius okay y'all remember cornelius In the Bible Acts 10 go home and read it it's great now this thing I don't know if Tiffany's in here but uh Tiffany loves this stuff okay I'm convinced that she takes a bath in it she brushes her teeth in it like she just she just loves this stuff okay there is 60 milligrams of sodium there is 46 grams of total carbohydrates 46 grams of sugar I, J, K, element of P is in here. Uh, Literally everything is, is in one can of Mountain Dew. But there's water in here too. But you mix that water with all of these things and you put it in that water, did you hear that? I'll do it again. You hear the sound? Because when you really touch bottom, and you're really in the presence of God and it's deep. It's not only going to look a certain way, but there's going to be a sound associated with it. There's going to be a lifestyle change that happens. And and Cornelius was the guy that said, you know, the Bible says he was a devout man. He gave money. He prayed and he feared God with all of his house. And he heard he he he, he displayed so much uh, uh thirst and hunger for righteousness that the Bible talks about and the promises that you shall be filled. That's what Jesus said to the point where he didn't have the Holy Ghost, didn't wasn't baptized, didn't know none of this stuff. He just loved God so much that God sent him an angel for him to meet another guy named Peter who just preached about, uh, you know, Acts 2 and the church and the Holy Ghost and all that stuff. He says, yeah, go meet this person. He's going to tell you what you need to do. I'm just here to let you know that, like, if you ever get tired of hearing the word of God or if you ever get tired of not wanting to go deeper into the things of God, God's going to use somebody else. He's going to use somebody. He's got he's got tons of Cornelius's out there that are just hungry for the presence of God that just hungry for something that we take advantage and we take, you know, take for granted so many days of our lives. He's going to find somebody else that's hungry. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry and I'm thirsty for righteousness. I want to go deeper into the word of God. I want to know more of who he is. I don't want to just be right here where nobody can see me at the church. I want to be down deep and truly touch the bottom. I want to touch the bottom. Stand with me. I'm closing. It's so easy to just do the bare minimum. It's so easy to just come to church and go through the motions. I was talking to my mother in law uh, a couple days ago, and uh, I told her, as I'm getting older, you know, I'm still very young, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm scratching on 30. I'll be 30 next time, ne- next go around. And uh, I just, I know that people say you get more grumpier as you get older. I'm just telling you, it's true, okay? It's 100% true. I want things the way I want it, you know? I want my food the way I want it. I, want, You know, there's just things that I want the way I want them, and they're not like them. If, if it's not that way, then I, I'm I'm a little bothered, you know? But all the men said amen. Help me? All right, all right. I'm not by myself, okay? But we were talking, and, and I said, man, the you know, the older I get, this, this phrase or this thing that, um, that I would hear my uncle and other people and other elders in my life say is they would say, man, I just don't want to get to the end of my life and just wonder the word if. If I would have did this or if I would have did that. I don't want to get to the end of my life and just wonder what, what, what could have happened or what should have happened or what would have happened if I would have did this. And she said. You know, the word if is only two letters, but it can affect your life forever. The word if is just two letters. That's it. One of the shortest words in our vocabulary, but it can change your entire life. And I don't know about you, but I never want to. We're going to have to stand in front of God one day. There's coming a day. There's coming a day where we're going to stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we're going to have to give an account for what we've done, what we've said, who we said we are, and we weren't really that. And it's really funny, you know, until it's not. It's really great until it's not. I think a lot of us have been acquainted with death more and more and I have been very recently as a lot of you may know and if you haven't same day that my daughter was born my mother died and uh, she has to give an account she has to give an account for what she's done she's got to stand before the king of kings And try to say that I did my best. And that day came a lot sooner to her than what she probably wanted it to come. And probably uh, under different circumstances that she wished that she wasn't there at that time for. But I say this to you because. You're going to have to give an account. You're going to have to give an account for the life that you live, for the decisions that you make. I heard somebody say this when you when you're born, you know, you look like your parents. But when you die, you look like your choices. You know, you look you look like your decisions. And um, that stuck with me. That's just every decision that I make, every place that I go, it's echoing in eternity. Everything. I'll end with this. Um, when I was at Bible College, uh, we would uh, we would we would try our best to take this night class on Wednesday nights so that we wouldn't have to go to church. And uh, it was called Financial Peace University it's a great life group. We do it. You should be in it. Um, but we would finish the class and we would go to our favorite restaurant at the time, which was Popeye's and Popeye's was a really nice place to eat when you were a college student and you have no money. Um, but I remember going one night and on the way we're running to my friend Chase's car. It's me and my friend Josh. And, um, You know, when you are run into the car, somebody yells, shotgun, no challenge, you know. So I, I said that, you know, I'm going to sit up front. You know, I called it, you know, respect the call, you know. He was upset that I, you know, made the call. And uh, Chase's car was backed in, so we're walking up. I'm opening the passenger door, trying to get in. And Josh comes through here and closes my door because he's upset and a little bitter that I called shotgun. So Then he opens his door in the back. And I said, well, I'm just going to laugh, you know, and be funny with him. And I tried to close his door. And when I closed his door, he was taking his his backpack off, and his finger was right there on the door, and it slammed on his finger. And he's goes, ah! you know, he's screaming, screaming,
1: oh, my God. Ah!
0: And I don't know if you've ever closed your finger in a car door before, but there's nothing in your brain that's telling you to open the door. Like, somebody else has to open the door for you, you know so i opened the i yanked the door open and he goes
1: are you serious that's what he says. are you serious
0: do you know what i do and josh was our piano player for our traveling group great piano player great musician josh if you're watching this i love you but i've talked to him about this before but just in a second His whole ministry, his whole life kind of flashed in front of him. And the thing that he was known for, he got afraid. Like, man, I'm never going to be able to do this or something's wrong or or we're going to go do this thing and I'm not going to be able to play. And he goes, are you serious? He screams at me. And I can't help but to hear that rich young ruler saying the same thing to Jesus. When he tells him to go sell everything he has cuz that was the one thing for him that was holding him back away from perfection. He said, "You want me to Are you serious? You want me to sell everything? I have money, I have all this Are you kidding me? The one thing that I that I want so bad that I you want me to give that up? For me it was music. Are you kidding me? i'm a musician you made me a musician you gave me this gift you you want me to stop listening to this you want me to stop watching this you want me to embrace this culture you want me to walk away from these people you want me to and i'm i'm here to tell you i'm here to ask you the same question that my friend asked me are you serious are you serious about this are you serious enough to, to put everything on the line and just forget about everything else and just say, no, this, this is what I'm about. This is what I'm here for. I'm serious enough to, to say, no, forget for, forget it. You can have it. I want to touch bottom. I want to I touch bottom because it's so easy to just float on top or it's so easy to float in the middle. And I'm just telling you, people may not see it but I promise you God sees it every single moment and when you give that account you're going to have to be able to say no God I tried my best to touch bottom when you spoke to me and asked me for something I gave it to you I prayed I fasted I gave that's the stuff nobody sees so as we come down to the front I want us all to come as a church I hope I'm not too much in your business right now but to be honest I could care less many are called but few are chosen meaning many get called but few pick up the phone few of us pick up the phone and say you know what no I'm going to do this for real What does it look like? I submit myself. What does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it act like? What does it dress like? What does the time look like? How's the giving? Whatever it is, I'll do it. I'll do it. We used to sing a song when I was in the youth group. I sing all the songs. I read all about you And I know right from
1: wrong But what does it amount to If my life doesn't show How much I love you I need you to break through Tear down the walls let everything fall, cause I wanna praise you <laughs> with nothing between you and me. I need you to break through. <laughs> I'm calling and asking God to break through my pride and break through my shame and break through all the things that I, I, I that I count so important that I think make me who I am, that, I, that, that gives me the status of the world that I live in. And I'm saying, no, 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 I lay that down. I lay that down. I'll cast my crown down at your feet, Father. And I say, however you want me to do this, however you see fit for me to live, God, that's what I want to do. Because I've tried to live on my own. I've tried to make the decisions myself. I've tried it and I failed I've tried it and, I'm fa- and I've am and failed time and time again. And I don't care how young I am. I don't care how old I am. I don't care how many people I've prayed through the Holy Ghost. I don't care how many churches I've started. I don't care. However, I have a deeper. I have a more. I have a next step. I have something that I need to do. And it's only going to come from you, God. And I yield and I say yes before you even ask me, oh God. That's my heart's posture is a yes before you even ask, oh God. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, lift your hands and begin to pray. Father, search my heart right now. Is there anything inside of me, oh God, that says something different than what I say? Is there anything inside of me, oh God, that says something different than what I live, than what you say I should be? Oh, search my heart, search my heart, oh God. Search my intentions, oh God. Lord, I know I say I wanna be a Christian. I know I want to say, I I say I want to be a part of this church, God, but I really want to, oh Lord. I'm willing to let everything go to embrace you, God, to embrace your calling, oh Lord. Nothing else matters. I need you to break through and tear down.